Who remembers that last week we talked about two tables? And the table of the Lord and the table of the world. And what I should have ended with last week, I'll begin with this week. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. My soul goes through things that cause it to need restoration. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And then even when everything doesn't go right, He says what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Sometimes when we're in the valley and God wants to give us the most comfort, our faith gets the most squirmy and He has to take out His rod and comfort us with a rod. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. And then here's what we should have ended last week with. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's how we overcome. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Last week I told you that we are not just natural creatures. We are emotional, spiritual creatures. And that the enemy will attempt to control us by interrupting the supply chain of our spiritual resources. Do you remember that? He knows that man does not live by bread alone. He knows that you cannot make it just living in the natural. That there's something inside of you that needs emotional nourishment. That needs food and drink for your soul. You cannot just live in, a, in the natural realm. You've got to have nourishment for the emotional side of your, of your nature. Amen? For the spiritual side of your nature. And if he can get you addicted to the wrong kind of food, then he can poison that fruit and he can destroy you in the end. Amen. My dad has told us, Brother Dan has told us, different ones have reminded us that human behavior is 90% or greater habit. It's not calculated thought. It's habit. You don't think for most of the tasks that you do. You just do them because you formed habits a long time ago. If you had to think about everything, your brain would just be preoccupied and you couldn't think about anything except, you know, taking the next step or the next breath or how to do this and how to do that. You just, you automatically do most things. That frees up your brain to, do, to think about the things that are new and that have to have consideration, require consideration. Amen. So most of your life is lived in the realm of habits. And habits are formed by three things. Hunger, effort, and reward. Need, effort, and reward. You need something. You make an effort to get it. You may make three different efforts, but one of those three results in the feeling you were seeking. And when it results in that feeling, and that process, that three-step process happens several times, your brain forms a habit. Your brain subconsciously marks off that process as this works. So I am hungry and my body needs to metabolize energy or else I'm not going to be able to walk across the room pretty soon. I know I'm not really talking about my current condition, 
I'm a little stronger than that right now. But anyway, I'm hungry and I go, I make an effort and I get food that makes me feel the way I want to feel. And when I feel the way I want to feel, that hunger, that need, that reward, my brain makes a groove that says, this is how it's done. This is how you get what you need. So it is with our emotions. We have needs. We have hungers. And the enemy is quick with a platter to put it right beneath our nose. It has the right smell. It has the right look. It has the right texture. But somehow we have to believe that it has long-term effects that we don't know about. And when, when you've got a hunger and somebody brings in right out of the oven some fresh cream puffs and that sweet buttery dough smell is in the room and you can see that pudding oozing out and the chocolate swizzled on top it's the most natural thing to just go over there and pop one into your mouth and you watch somebody do it they walk over and they just grab that cream puff pop it in their mouth and they don't die God said in the day you eat the cream puff, you're going to die. And you watch somebody eat it, and they didn't die. What he really was saying is in the day you eat the cream puff, death begins in your life. The Hebrew is dying, you will die. So somehow you've got to come to a place of faith about bad things. What I'm trying to say is you've got to believe that bad things are in store for cream puff eaters when really it smells good, it looks good, and it tastes good, and he didn't die when I saw him eat it. How do you come to that place? How do you, how do you change a habit from eating cream puffs to, say, eating a honey-sweetened, whole-wheat, dense cinnamon roll when you need it? You know, with brand still all in it and all that nasty stuff. How do you do it? When you need energy, whatever can be metabolized as energy the fastest is, of course, what you're going to want the most. Am I right? Who wants a fulfillment that is slow and gradual? Nobody does. You want something that works quickly. We have a sense that our life isn't all about this. We want to be moving on. We want to get what we need and we want to get it now. And when that, when that pudding is mostly cornstarch and, and highly refined milk and cream and sugar, and that bread is, is incredibly fine, uh, finely ground and sifted and refined flour and butter, those things, you can metabolize them as sugar before you ever, they ever leave your mouth. And so your body says, this is the quickest way to solution. But what if that cream puff is pornography? What if that cream puff is alcohol? What if that cream puff is methamphetamines? We all know people in our lives who are the slaves of these three things I've just mentioned. Now we can play tough. We can say, I don't need cream puffs because I don't have emotional needs like you. But that's insane. You are an emotional creature. You are a spiritual man or woman. And sin takes advantage of your weakness. The enemy puts a plate in front of you and when you taste that cream puff and it feels, it temporarily satisfies your need. 
And you do that a couple times, that's a habit. Now I want to know, what's going to get you to push away the cream puffs and choose that whole wheat cinnamon roll? No pain comes with your life and you recognize that you can't go that way anymore. Amen. Pain. The wages of sin is death. What about before the wage comes in? What about in the short term? What's going to help young people not choose that way? I think they can look at the life of the cream puff eaters and look at, the, look at their end and see how they ended up. He said they've got to look at the life of the cream puff eaters. And that's what I was talking about last week, isn't it? And decide, is that how they want to end up? Amen. That's part of it, isn't it? That's a big part of it. It's probably the biggest part of it. Go ahead. Getting the real thing instead of the counterfeit. Amen. Getting the real thing. When you, when you do taste the real thing, you can tell the difference. Isn't that what he said? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. He doesn't look good all the time. He looks unappetizing to our flesh. But taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. We talked about this last week, though. The idea that we've got to consider the outcome of their faith and conduct and then imitate them. So if you want to break a habit, first of all, you can't break habits. You can only replace habits. If all I ever do is just look at cream puffs all day long, smell cream puffs all day long, and think about cream puffs all day long, I'll never change the habit. I can add condemnation, and the habit's not going to change. I can add a whole dump truck load of condemnation, and the habit's not going to change. And in my mind, I can see that, that this is not good for me. People who struggle with alcohol abuse or drug addiction, are you really telling me that in their mind, in their intellectual thinking, they don't know better? We all know better in the things that we struggle against, in our minds, don't we? Seriously. You just go into one of these halfway houses and look at the people and you don't say, that's what I want to grow up to be like. Nobody says it. So it's this blend of what these two brothers have said. It's not just seeing the end. Because to see the end, what did Paul say in Romans 7? What I will to do, I can't do. What I will not to do, I find myself doing. Oh, let's take the example of the cream puffs. It's not a good example. It's, it's an analogy that breaks down because... Cream puffs are not poisoned, and sin is poison. It's not just an issue of quantity. It's an issue of substance when it comes to sin. But let's just take the example of cream puffs. Does anybody ever sit out and say, you know, I think I want to be 300 pounds overweight. When I looked in the mirror this morning, I thought, you know, I just think 300 pounds would look better on me. Does anybody ever do that? And yet, we all struggle with these things. What's the nature? What's going on? Is it because when somebody brings something appetizing, in your mind, in your analytical thinking, you don't know better? 
Is that really the problem? So what's the problem? I think she's getting on something here. So let's stick on it for a second. She says you do it because it's just one little thing. And you rationalize that one little thing won't matter. <laughs> that kind of rings true. Anyway, it's just one little piece of pie. It's just one little bite. And so you're tapping into a, our proclivity to be deceived. That we can just incrementally destroy our health or whatever it is. Yes, ma'am. Amen. I think that's key. Can we hold on to that thought? You, you, you're filling something that you don't have anything else to fill up with. Okay, what I want to present to you is that if we always had the good sitting right next to the evil, we would not fall near as often. When you eat something that's not on your diet, is it not because... There's a plausible excuse that goes something like this. Well, if they had stevia sweetened tea, I would drink it. But because they don't, I guess I'll have to. It's not generally good sitting right next to evil. And you say, you know what? I think I can afford a little piece of evil. It's generally that for some reason or another, you're famished like Esau. And you got this table of the world sitting there covered with cream puffs. And for some reason, the table of the Lord looks empty. And you know, you're trading a long-term satisfaction for a temporary satisfaction. You're doing the opposite that Moses did. What does it say about Moses? He rejected the passing pleasures of sin and chose a long-term goal. So it's true, but what I want to tell you is that I believe half of your battle would be won if you had that nutty-flavored cinnamon roll right next to the cream puff every time. Let's just take the example of diet just to gain a little momentum behind this idea that I'm putting forth. Let's say that um, you're not supposed to have potatoes. If you're going through the, the serving line and there's this beautiful bowl full of deceptive potatoes and it's really cauliflower and they got a little bit of cheese in there and a little bit of carrot and it looks so much like potatoes and you're on a diet where you've committed not to eat potatoes and there's also a bowl of potatoes sitting next to the cauliflower, you're going to be more likely to stay, to the, stay the course and be true to your commitments if there's cauliflower there. But if you walk by the table and the only starch on the table is potatoes, you allow a little feeling of self-pity to come in because you say, I deserve a starch. Everybody else is getting a starch. And if I had an alternative dessert, I would take it. But since I clearly deserve it because everyone else is getting it and I'm not, there's no other option, well then because I've been cheated, I have a right to cheat. Are you following my line of reason? 
It's not a good line, but it's a familiar line, hopefully, or hopefully it's fixing to change. So when the table of the Lord seems empty and the table of the world seems full, you almost feel like it's not my fault. I keep kind of boiling it back to this point and then just hanging it there like a cliffhanger. And I'm hoping that it's building up a little tension in our hearts. Because what we need to ask is whose responsibility is it to put food on the table of the Lord? Somebody told me recently, you know, I knew I had this battle, I knew I had this temptation. But I had worked 80 hours, had a short break, and then worked again, almost 70 hours. I was exhausted. I was weary. Is that not when the devil gets us? I was drained. I was dragging. And then this this thing presented itself, and I felt the, the need, and I felt the inclination. And before I knew it, I was buried in shame and guilt again. Because I had done what I had committed not to do. Is everybody listening? Do you want to break a habit in your life? Pray right now with me. God, help me to listen so that I can break a habit in my life tonight. I'm going to pay the price for the sake of my own soul. And for the worthiness of your own sacrifice that would save me. I'm going to pay the price to apply your power to my weakness and to make a change. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So you're at the hotel room, okay? You're by yourself. You're alone. Your day hasn't gone right. The enemy of our souls, he's very industrious. He's got cream puff factories around every corner. They're popping out of drain holes. They're in every shop window. They've got free delivery knocking at your door. Cream puffs, melon cream puffs, good-looking cream puffs, crunchy cream puffs, soft cream puffs, cream puff, cream puff, cream puff. Amen. He's got it all worked out. And where life is toughest, he's got poison drink and poison food waiting right there. It's like it was made for you. Well, it was. Okay, let me ask you a question. If I'm going out on the job, And I've looked at my budget recently, and I don't like how much I'm spending on my work time lunches buying from McCheapies. Um, What am I going to do? What strategy might I employ to change that bad habit? I got an idea. Just stop eating at lunchtime. Does that sound like a good idea? No, it sounds like it came from a dummy. But that's kind of how we are when it comes to spiritual things. If I've got a bad habit of buying from a restaurant at lunchtime, and I don't like what it's doing to my budget, and for the sake of my budget, my brain tells me, you've got to make a change. What am I going to do to slim up my budget a little bit? Somebody help me. Pack a lunch! Whoa, that's it. That's the tagline for the meeting. Pack a lunch. You can't go into a wasteland and expect to eat at whatever Mick garbage pops up on the side of the street. Our problem is we think it's somebody else's responsibility to pack our lunch. 
We think somebody else should go to the storehouses of God's truth, unlock the gates and grind some of that corn and turn it into some corn tortillas and bring us something and make sure it's hot, please. But it's your responsibility. As a matter of fact, if you don't learn to pack your lunch, you're going to lose your respect for your lunch. You're not going to know what goes in to truth that saves, that heals, that strengthens, that empowers you to overcome. You've got to start packing a lunch. Because you're never going to choose that whole wheat cinnamon roll if you're making the decision to go bake one when you're at your weakest low, your lowest low, your weakest point, and there's smelly, already prepared cream puffs in front of you. Is somebody listening to me? Before you go on the trip, before you go into that place, when you wake up and the morning is fresh, and with it, the mercies are new, exhaustion is relieved, you've got to go to God in prayer and preparation. You've got to go to Him in your thoughts. You've got to get songs from God. You've got to get a psalm or a scripture or a poem, something that gives you something for the day. Because you need food for your soul. You can't starve to death out there. You've got to get something. You've got to go to God in prayer. You've got to say, Our Father, give me this day my daily bread. And I'm not starting my day until I get it in my hands. Give me this day my daily bread. And forgive me of all the little tangles of guilt and shame for what I've done to others that would hold me back from getting into the storehouse and getting what I need and living by it. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to see people who are overcoming it? You want to see people who have victory, who have joy? You want to see people who've trimmed up a lot of fat? You want to see people who are no longer dying of poison cream puffs? There are people who have learned to respect the bread of truth, the bread of life. The drink of the Holy Spirit. Nothing spiritual goes by them without being respected and appreciated for the life it contained. They sit in meetings and they're right with you. <laughs> because they know what it means to be out on their own in the desert, hungry and alone, weak. And they're packing a lunch. And they go through their day and they listen and they hear they get to that place after 70 hours, 80 hours, and there's a computer screen down in the lobby, and it says, here I am, a pile of cream puffs. Come on, it's pleasing to the eye, it's good for food, don't you want me? They remember the taste. They remember that every sort of cream puff the devil promises you, it's perfect until it gets into your belly and then it burns like acid. So they say, no, but neither am I just going to go hungry. I packed a lunch. And they go into their bag and I say, what did I pack? Oh, that's right. I wanted to listen to these songs. 
from the church albums that were just released, you know. I remember what this song does to my soul. This is my Peniel. Oh, yes, Jesus. Amen. Your will, O oh Lord, I've got to find. Your will, O oh Lord. And they feel the Holy Ghost. They pray a little bit. They're already feeling refreshed. Because the Holy Spirit is to come and bring refreshing to our soul. But you can't get refreshed without water. You can't get new energy without food. And they brought food. They packed a lunch. Oh, yeah, there was this book. Doesn't mean it has to be boring or heavy or thick. It can be interesting. It can be a cinnamon roll. It's just got to be whole wheat with no poison in it. It's got to be made with honey and just barely cracked wheat. It's got to be truth. Think of the last time you failed. Think of the last time you blew it. Think of the last time you hated yourself. I want to ask you a question. Did you pack a lunch to that time of weakness? Think about it. Did you have a plan? Did you pack a lunch? Did you say, the next time I feel this way, this is what I'm going to do? You're hearing me tonight. I think you're hearing God give you some answers tonight. Will you go home and write yourself a letter and say, this is what I'm going to do. The next time I feel like this, next time I put myself in this circumstance, these are some of the resources I'm going to draw from. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to write this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out and have dinner with somebody, with a brother or a sister, and think about things that are good and excellent and praiseworthy. I'm going to set, up, set my mind on high things. I'm going to go play volleyball. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to do something, but I'm not going to just sit there and starve until I can't resist the smell of those poison cream puffs. Will you do this? Will you do this? If you'll do this, you can make a new habit. Because you already know you want to do it. You already know it's the right thing to do. You know it in your head. But the reason your heart hasn't latched on and joined with your head is because your heart has been whining about your unfair situation, that there was no starch on the table except mashed potatoes, so you had to eat it. What I'm telling you is he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. There's starch in your life. There's everything you need. There is the genuine for every counterfeit you face. You have just got to make the price, pay the price to find it and to prepare it to pack a lunch. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's nothing that makes the devil matter. He's got his cream puffs, you know, fresh out of the oven, poison, strychnine in all of them. And he's there with his apron on and his chef's hat he's like this is great I bet they can't even see my skeleton grin behind all this and you're sitting there just cutting meat mm, mm, huh. isn't this whole wheat and meat good huh. what's wrong with my cream puffs <laughs> it's funny how easy it is to understand things when I'm not weak and starving mm, mm, huh. ever tried a whole wheat cinnamon roll <laughs> it's got a nutty flavor <laughs> amen Thank you, Jesus. You going to write yourself this letter? Make a commitment to God. Up at the top of the letter. God, this is what I'm committing. This is not what I'm trying. This is not what I'm attempting. This is what I'm committing.
Absolutely. Make a commitment. And then identify those hungers in your life. And don't hate yourself for them. They're what makes you human. Then identify next to those hungers the poisoned cream puffs. And then identify out beyond those cream puffs the whole wheat cinnamon rolls that you're going to pack the next time you know you're going to be by yourself. You know you're going to be in that situation again. You got a strategy. Amen? You got a lunch. I'm talking about nourishment help, but there's also, you know, combative help. You can pull out swords and you can bring truth to bear and you can bring facts to bear. You can remind yourself of what you already know. You can pull out your own letter and read what you wrote to yourself. But you can make the change if you'll just get rid of the self-pity that tells you there's no other option. Amen. If you'll just wake up to the table the Lord has prepared for you and you just grab something off that table when you go out in your day, amen, and open it up when cream puffs are starting to smell good again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray and ask God to help us to latch on to this strategy and faith make a change in our lives. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Remind me of my purpose, God. Remind me of my calling, God. Remind me of what you've done for me, God. Remind me of the storehouses of truth that you and all the faithful have died to fill for me. Jesus, Jesus, I have no excuse. Amen, God. My table is not empty. Amen, God.